Samaritan's Purse is in the process of setting up an emergency field hospital in western Ukraine. The DC-8 cargo plane airlifted the initial phase of the hospital on March 4th, along with disaster assistance response team members, including doctors, nurses, logistics, and other personnel. The field hospital will have two operating rooms with capacity for 14 major surgeries or 30 minor surgeries per day. The emergency room can handle 100 patients per day, and the facility also has a pharmacy and its own water and sanitation system. Ukrainian families are hurting and in desperate need of physical aid and prayer during this difficult time. You can be a part of helping the people of Ukraine. Donate now at SamaritansPurse.org. Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. You got this poor boy from public housing in Charleston, South Carolina, on the other side of the road. There is a God. I I tell everybody it's the Jewish Golden Corral. And I got the opportunity to baptize you, Dory, and so many other people in the Jordan River. And that's when you just see God. I turned around and I look and my wife is sitting on a stone crying like a baby. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for my friend Bill as we go down this journey together, God find a common ground. Yes, we know that common ground is at the foot of the cross, and we know the main thing is the main thing. Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for bringing Odell and his wife Bev into my life, into my family's life. They've been a blessing. They've been an integral part of helping me grow closer to you. Lord, we definitely have found the common ground, and that is you. Amen. Amen. Do you remember our experience when we went to the Holy Land, when we went on a interfaith study mission trip to Israel, about 30 of us leaving Greensboro, some black, some white, some uh, Christians, some Jewish, some non-believers. And oh man, there are so many memories. My wife and I have been wanting to go to Israel for years. And I remember you asking us, hey, do you want to go to Israel with the interfaith trip? And I'm thinking it's a vacation. We're going to be hitting all the hot spots and see some of the Christian sites. We went and visited not only the holy sites, which was important to me, we visited uh, cultural things that I wouldn't have gone to. Uh, we visited hospitals, schools. The military came in and talked to us. We had an Orthodox Jew come and explain their position to us. Went to the Holocaust. There's so many things that we did. 
and so many great memories. You know, it's interesting. I remember when we got ready to fly out of Raleigh-Durham International Airport, and it was a snowstorm. We were going to, our connecting flight was in New York, and it was a snowstorm, so the flight wouldn't take off. And we sat there, and then everyone started finding ways. I think it was Delta. We were flying on Delta. And Delta started finding ways to send people to different countries and all this. Of course, they didn't have enough seats for 30 of us to travel together. So I was sitting there saying people were going this place and going that place, going through Paris. And I said, hmm, the brother man is not going to jump on a plane and go to all these different countries because I know how it is going through customs on different countries. It's like, what are you doing here? Well, I got rerouted here. Where's your luggage? Well, my luggage is not with me. Okay, how long are you going to stay? Well, so I just decided if they couldn't fly me direct to New York and then from New York directly into Tel Aviv, I was going back home. So I went back home and caught the flight the next morning. Well, Dory and I decided that we were going to get there a few days days earlier. We've traveled overseas and we knew there was going to be jet lag. So I said, let's go a couple days early. And so we got a hotel right in Tel Aviv, right on the coast. It gave us a chance to get adjusted. So we we left before the the snowstorm. I remember we were sitting one night, it was about 10 o'clock at night. They had a nice little restaurant that overlooked the Mediterranean and there was the sand. There was probably a thousand young adults playing volleyball, soccer. They had lights on the beach. And I was amazed at the activity that was going on and the energy. All these kids were having a great time. You know, it's interesting. We look at the holy city, Jerusalem, and that was my fourth trip to Israel. So I kind of had a general idea of what to expect and what not to expect. For people who go for the first time, it's almost like your Bible come to life. You know, where did God walk? All the cities. And when you go to places like Jaffa and all the stories in the Bible, Mary Magdalene, all those things are just so vivid. And after you get through the jet lag and get through all the things, and one of my favorite moments, Bill, was when we went to the Jordan River. And I got the opportunity to baptize you, Dory, and so many other people in the Jordan River. And that's when you just see God. You see God, you see Jesus, you see the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we talk about race and everything. But when you go to another country, race is not really that big an issue because we're all Americans. They look at us as Americans. Now, they look at me as a good-looking black American, of course. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you know, getting into customs, and I had a young man who— I also invited to come with me, who I've mentored over the years. His name is Ishmael Ahmad Henson, and born in Greensboro, been there his whole life. But I remember when he flew into Tel Aviv, he got held for three and a half hours because the customs thought he was Muslim. And they went through all these changes, and they finally let him go. And one of the things they did with his passport, they put a sticker on it or a coupon on it to mark him as a potential terrorist. So wow. those are the type of things. Mm-hmm. And we sit in America and complain about this and complain about this. Let me say to you, my friend, America is the greatest country in the world. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I've been to 42 countries. And, I, I, you know, people ask me, which one would you go back to? Without a doubt, I go back to Israel. That one, it, there's so many things. Before we went uh, to Israel, uh, Walker Sanders, who this, this, this event that we went to, this trip was sponsored by the 
Chamber of Commerce and the Community Foundation and the Jewish Foundation. We had atheists on the trip. We had Jews, Jews on the trip. And I was told, read this book called Startup Nation about Israel. And it had stories in it that were unbelievable stories. And, you know, when you start walking through the cities of the old cities, Jerusalem, and just all these cities that you found about. And the thing that really stuck with me is that the Garden of Gethsemane, that's the one that I sat there because that scripture, not thy will, not my will, but thy will be done. Yeah. It's just something about that whole scripture with Jesus is sitting there saying, if there's any way this cup can pass by me, anyway, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but not my will, thy will be done. And I find that a lot in our Christian walk, that sometimes we deal with situations like, God, I don't want to drink from this cup. I mean, you know, we're just being honest with each other. God, I don't want to drink from this cup. God, why do I have to go through this experience? God, why my family? God, why this and God, why this? And then God was calm you down and like, drink, Odell, drink, and let's keep going. And it's like, okay, okay, God, not my will, but thy will be done. And since his will be done, here we are sitting together on a radio station talking about common ground that so many people are going to be freed and blessed because now all of a sudden here's a talking point. Here's a show. Here's something that two Christian brothers can sit and just talk about tough issues, but also the glory of God. Yes. Amen. You know, you're right. The Garden of Gethsemane was very moving. Uh, when I walked through there, you know, when you're in that area, you want to be alone. Yes. You don't want to be with the group. Yes. And there are a lot of people walking around. So you find yourself, you know, they still have some of the olive trees that were there when Jesus was there. Mm-hmm. And you look at how close it is. It's it's not that far to walk to the gate. And yeah. I was like, holy cow, this is this is small. And, uh, you know, we, we just had so many great experiences like that. My big experience where I've really felt the presence of Jesus. One of the things that I, uh, I noticed was in many of the holy sites, there's a church on top of it. Oh, oh yes. Or there's there's all these religious things. And when we were in Nazareth, we drove down to Magdala, mm-hmm. which is on the Sea of Galilee. And they just discovered that, uh, I think in 2011. Uh, in in Israel, when they do uh, build, they build something, the antiquities commission comes in and make sure they're not digging up something they knew magdala was in that area and sure enough where they were going to put this resort was magdala so they they now have done a a dig for magdala magdala is still being dug as we speak and they showed us the temple the magdala stone and something really beautiful happened with my wife there wow i i turned around and i look and my wife is sitting on a stone crying like a baby Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, she's this is emotional. Well, it was emotional for me because when we were getting a tour, they said, look up on that hill. You see the little path coming down those people are? That's the path Jesus took. Wow. And they said they started reading about Mary Magdalene where Jesus took the evil spirits out. They said, this is the town. Mm. They, and they showed us the, the, uh, the places where they would uh, cleanse themselves. I forgot what they're called, but uh, there was two of them, and they were still holding water. And he said, one of these two, Jesus went into before he taught the temple, after he cleansed Mary Magdalene. And I'm, and he says, let's go walk through the door of the temple. Mm. And we went through the same door that Jesus had to walk to. And, and Dory's crying. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Well, my wife donated a kidney mm. a number of years ago. And uh, 
when we got there, one of the people from the Jewish Federation said, hey, we'll introduce you a local girl from Greensboro who's volunteering for a year to do a dig here. And, uh, and we we got introduced to her, and, and she came up to Dory, and she says, I know you from someplace. Now, we're on the other side of the world. Yeah, and Dory's like, okay, and she names our church, she names Boy Scouts, she names all these things. No, no, I know you. And then all of a sudden she goes, I know you from Facebook. And she goes, really? <laughs> she, says, what? she says, you donated your kidney to Cindy. And she goes, yes. She says, I was in Israel, and I got the message that Cindy put on Facebook for a donation of a kidney. Wow. And I went to go get tested, and I was praying, God, is it is it for me or for someone else? And God told me it was for someone else. Wow. And it was my wife. Wow. And wow. she met that girl. Mm. Yeah, I'm crying. You made me cry. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, you know, just the whole walk in our maturity in Christ Jesus, that over time God just continued to witness to us and show us that he loves us and he's real in our lives. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't always do all the things I'm supposed to do. I don't follow him the way I should follow him. I don't step out on faith the way I should step out on faith. Now, I'm better than what I used to be. But, you know, when you travel like that and just think about when we were going into the, the baptism and, you know, the River Jordan and you're sitting there, the same water molecules that John the Baptist used to baptize our Savior, Jesus Christ, I had the opportunity to baptize my friend, Bill Goble. Yes, you and did. I remember after I baptized <laughs> you, what did you say when you I came come up? out of that water screaming, Mazel Tov! <laughs> <laughs> and all the Jewish people. You know, what I found was interesting. All the Jewish people were very intrigued about what we were doing. Yes. And our atheist friend was also. And uh, I, I thought that was wonderful that they were able to share that experience with us. Yeah, definitely, because in a lot of cases, it's like we're adversarial. You know, you're adversarial. If you're a Christian, you're Jewish, you're atheist. And then on that trip, and it's like, okay, let me share, because we talk about witnessing. Let me share with you my faith. And because I can share with you my faith, you don't have to believe what I believe, but I want to let you know, and you plant a seed, because the Bible says one will plant, another will water, and things take over time and the fact that we could break bread together and I could look at them and understand what they're doing and they're looking at me and just the whole idea of the Sea of Galilee, all those places in the Bible and you sit there and say, oh my God, oh my gosh, look at this. And it's like, God, you got this poor boy from public housing in Charleston, South Carolina on the other side of the road. There is a God and you love me and you've blessed me and you give me opportunities because I believe, Bill, that God can open doors that no man can close. Amen. Amen. You know, as you were speaking, it reminded me, you know, we had two rabbis there. Yes. Uh, uh, Joshua Ben Gideon and his wife, Rebecca, and I have become very good friends with our families. Uh, and uh, and the uh, we we have in fact we were at Shabbat at their house. We were the first people to come to their house at Shabbat since COVID started. Okay, and uh, it was a real special time. Can you explain Shabbat to some folks who don't know what we're talking about? Yes, um, it's it, it, for Orthodox Jews. They basically at sundown on Friday night, 
They're not allowed to use electricity. They can they can have their the lights set on a timer, but they can't turn the switches on. They can cook, mm-hmm. and that's about it. And they can walk only as far as they would in a in a uh, half a day. They can't go very far. They can't drive cars, and uh, it's and you're supposed to reflect on God and rest. Uh-huh. And you stay you stay that way until Saturday sundown. So we went to the, their service, the temple, and they had a Shabbat service. And uh, obviously it was in Hebrew, so I didn't know much about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a very nice service. You don't speak fluid Hebrew, my no, friend? No, no, no. I have a hard time with English. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we went, and you know, I put the yarmulke on and, and did that. And, and it, was, it was nice to share the experience that they were going through. And then we walked over to their house. Their house is right next to the synagogue. And uh, their, their children were home from school, uh, college, so we got to see them and uh, we had a delightful conversation and got to share some really quality time together. You know, it's interesting. When we went in Israel and we went to the Western Wall, before I knew better, we would call it the Wailing Wall. And my Jewish friend says, Odell, we really don't call it the Wailing Wall. We call it the Western Wall or the Coattail because... And so we we went there, and you have, I thought a Jewish person is a Jewish person. Well, when you go there, you see so many different sects or different kind of Jewish people, and you can tell them by the way they facial hair or the type of hats they wear or the type of clothing they have on and everything else. And I remember going up to the wall the first time. Again, this was my fourth time. And you put prayers in the walls. And it's just amazing that you have so many different religions there. At the same time in the Holy City, you have Christians, you have uh, Jews, you have Muslims, you have... Now, everybody's there. And the Jewish faith is similar to the Baptist. You have all kind of Baptists, you know. <laughs> we, we all love God. But Baptists, we are split over anything, yeah. you know. So it was just one of these good things about going there, experiencing and seeing God for ourselves, and knowing that the Western Wall was there. The temple is there. The Holy City is there. And it's all there, and they're finding common ground, living together. And if they can find common ground, Bill, and all we are is black and white, but if you cut us, we bleed the blood of Jesus, we can find common ground. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm reflecting on, on, on exactly that, that w- the, the, the wall, I went down and put a prayer in, and, uh, and I observed. What I like to do is go to places and observe the people. Mm and how they're acting, how they're interacting with each other, how they're interacting with me. And, uh, and I got a real sense of the closeness of God to them in that place. The thing that was somewhat amusing to me is they have it split in half mm-hmm. because it's only for men. Right. Well, the women made such a stink over the years that they now cut it in half, and the women, there's a little wall that mm-hmm. keeps them separated. So... The women, to keep an eye on their men, have put benches on their side, oh, okay. and they look over the top of the wall so they can see their husbands and their their boyfriends and their their kids. See, I, see, you you looking at more than I'm looking at because I just went straight to the wall, um, put my forehead on the wall, put my prayers in the cracks of the wall, and just asking God just to continue to forgive me and help me and guide me. And let me be the father that I need to be. Let me be the husband that I need to be. Just let me be the son that I need to be. And just thanking him. Just thanking him for 
all the things that sometime when I get real busy, I take for granted, mm. you know? Yeah, we all get busy. We all get busy and forget our busyness that God is in well, control. Tell me about the food, you know, because uh, did I tell you that Odell needs to lose a pound or two? Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> we went to that hunting trip and up the mountains and all that good stuff. How did you enjoy the food there? Because some would say we ate our way through Israel also. Uh, the food is great. The breakfast are... Um, I, I t- tell everybody it's the Jewish Golden Corral. <laughs> okay, it is loaded with food, yeah. and, but it's it's all ethnic food and fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, uh, fresh fish. I mean, just about everything, and it's all wholesome and healthy. And then uh, then we went to the market. Remember, we went to the market, and they made they made uh, hummus, fresh hummus for us. They're, they're in in Israel, hummus is like. Who makes the best hummus? Yes. It's kind of yes. like who makes the best barbecue in North Carolina. Right. Right? There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, and so they, they found somebody that made the best hummus. Well, they don't they don't have it sitting around. We had to sit and wait. And it was warm when it came out. Now, here's the thing. When they were growing up, the, the men would come in from the field and eat this hummus fresh mm. that the women would make. But they wouldn't use bread. They would use leaves, uh, petals of onion. Mm. And that's what they would dip in, and that would be their lunch. Wow. Yeah. You know, you know a whole lot more about it than I do. But the thing about it, too, when you start thinking about the whole idea of sharing one's faith with someone else. And then we went up to Galen Heights, and we saw. So now when you see what's going on over in Israel and Tel Aviv, we went over to Palestine. Because remember, we went to Bethlehem. And just the whole idea of going into Church of the Annunciation and going into Bethlehem and how if you were part of the Jewish um, company that we came in on, that you had to go and then you had to stop and you had to transfer to a Muslim bus or someone who owns had the rights in Palestine, and they took us on in, and then we saw the spot in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Yeah, that was special. Yeah, I, again, I was observing when because uh, we were going into Palestine, yeah, and uh, and they took uh, our security guard off. Yeah, gave us a, uh, a Palestinian security guard, Palestinian driver, yeah, Palestinian tour guide. You know, there's no black people in Palestine, right? I, I noticed that you were probably sticking out. And uh, so we, we get there, and I'm thinking, okay, we, you know, we want to be a little incognito. You know, we're going into Palestine. You know, I'm a little nervous. And uh, so they put us in this bus, and next thing I know, there's motorcycle cops with sirens escorting us. And I think, holy cow, we're sticking out like a sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've got Americans. We've got ra- Jewish people. We've got rabbis. I'm thinking, holy cow. So we get there, and immediately we get off the bus. And uh, it was interesting. The uh, the girls didn't have a lot of time to shop in this thing. So they saw these great shops, and they wanted to shop. And the security guys go, no. Yeah. But they cleared out the church for us. So we were the only ones there. Uh-huh. And we, I was walking with uh, Joshua Ben-Gideon, the rabbi. He had a baseball cap on. Right, right. And as we're walking, one of the security guards took his gun and poked him and pointed to his hat that he needed to take his hat off to go inside. So what does he do? He takes his hat off, and you know what's under his hat? A yarmulke. Yes. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you're putting a target on us. And he, he, so he takes that off. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I don't fully understand everything that's going over now with the, the war back and forth, but I have an understanding of how people can feud, but people getting killed. 
And in the old days, I remember going over there, probably my third time, and I'm like, um, you know, I'm so afraid that, you know, because being a co-sponsor of the trip, I'm one of the leaders. I convinced you to go. I convinced a lot of people to come and go. And I'm like, oh, Israel's so dangerous. And the guy was doing a presentation, and I must have said something. Someone said something. He said, America is more dangerous than Israel. He said, you all have more uh, homicides on your streets than we have in our country. And it really got my attention. It's like, at first, I'm like, I dare you. This is America. And then I thought about it. It's like, the numbers ain't lying. Yeah, He's right. Telling the truth. He's right. Telling the truth. So how, how do we continue, Bill, to love each other and build relationships with each other as Christians and and whether we're a white Christian, whether we're a black Christian, whether we're old Christian, whether we're a young Christian, well, how, help us with that. You know, the the thing that, you know, America, you know, we fight a lot, right? We look at it, we're a divided nation now. But when do we come together when we have some common ground, something yes. that we're, World War II, everybody came together, right? It focused on that. So how do we get people to to focus on the main thing and you know the main thing is god yeah okay yeah i mean if, if you can stay focused on him and uh and stay focused on that and get away from well i i need this land or i need that or you have more than i do uh you, you, i think that's the devil working in you you know look at this picture bill when you see the good looking black guy who's that with her that's uh me that's bill goble <laughs> Uh, soaking wet from the Jordan River. <laughs> I'd just gotten baptized. I, 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 folks, I'll tell you one thing. When you go to Jordan River, go in the summertime because it is cold water. It is really cold. Well, one of the good things about it, um, when we did this, you and I sitting there, that was one of the most proudest moments for me because I understand the significance of baptism and I understand the significance of the Jordan River. And John the Baptist baptizing Jesus in Jordan River. And my friend, because that's true friendship. Mm. What a friend we have in Jesus. Well, I and wouldn't have wanted anybody, have in Jesus. anybody but you to baptize me in the Jordan River. Well, I tell you what, man, that's why I love you. I love you and too. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Jeremy Powell, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. All rights reserved. This podcast is proudly sponsored by... Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.